You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Welcome back, retro movie lovers, to the scariest and spookiest podcast on the internet. Ain't that right, Zach? Fuck yes, the spookiest. We keep it creepy. That's right. I'm like, my nerves are shot from dealing with this cut technology. <laughs> exactly. But I guess, I guess it's good that I'm a little on edge that we're about to watch this spook fest of a movie, huh? Exactly. We are actually recording this uh, on location too. We are in Burkittsville, Maryland. We are we fucking. Are. We're doing that. We're fucking. We're digging some fucking uh, some graves while we're we got to. We decided like basically. I brought it up. I was like, "Hey, you think we should do it on location at Burkittsville?" And he's like, "Yeah, that'd be like educational." And I was like, "Fuck, educational. It'd be funny." So like, we decided to do it because it'd be funny. Well, I really wanted to uh, do it outside that. Um... That old, uh, what was it, Civil War munitions factory that's in the movie. But when we got there, it was just homeless encampment full of feces and everything else. Exactly. Fucking, well, they, they tore it down at some point, apparently. Now yeah. it's just a bu- big fucking a lot. Bunch of shit everywhere. Yeah, it's literally a feces factory. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, so we're rolling. Uh, there's uh, not too many ways you can watch this movie in this day and age. I guess you could have a VHS tape. Um, but for a movie that came out in 2000, only six years before Blu-ray, somehow this never came out on Blu-ray. So you got to watch it either on streaming or that weird DVD slash CD. <laughs> Exactly, that's what I got. The fucking one side is the DVD, one side is the soundtrack, which has great artists on it, such as Nickelback. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Before they great really chat. hit the stride. But yeah, so we're going to mm-hmm. get it rolling. Um, on the stream, I have it at the one second mark. Zach has it on the DVD, but we got it synced up for just the logo says Artisan. It's just a black background says Artisan. That was the name of the studio at the time. Which mm-hmm. would eventually get acquired by Lionsgate, but Arsene was pretty badass in the late '90s. I gotta say, oh yeah, I was actually put out yeah. good shit. And Suicide Kings, all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. Suicide Kings had her boy Johnny Galecki in it. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! All right, so I'm gonna say one, two, three, go. And when I hear me say go, hit uh, play on your DVD slash CD remote or on your smartphone. Everybody, one, two, three, go. Hell yeah, artist and entertainment, very Chad. Very simple Chad. logo. And the Haxon films. Yeah, the Haxon, exactly. And then uh, fucking this movie, it broke the mold when it came out. They they put out the first one. They were like, oh, it's low budget, shot on camcorders. Uh, basically, they had that great, basically the best thing about the original, because I don't think it holds up. No. But, like yeah, The best thing was the whole ad campaign. Yeah. And like fucking like making you think this was a real document, even though like to go back and think about it now, it's just like, how could we have ever thought they were showing us a fucking snuff film in fucking theater? That That's fucking like very low T beta shit. Oh, look at this. Kurt Loader. Remember that guy? Kurt Loader literally starts out the film. Before that, though, there was a disclaimer that I didn't even realize in one of my films. I ripped that off, apparently, just to put up a disclaimer t- saying that the movie was shot with uh, shitty cameras. <laughs> oh, yes. 
very chad it, it is like basically a perfect like genius idea for like uh you know we we uh we only have a camcorder to make our movie we have one film camera like fucking how can we make this and use it as part of the story and like if yeah, fucking uh there, there there already was like you know cannibal holocaust but it's it's possible they didn't know about that movie and i think and then there's that other movie the, the last broadcast that was it was like oh yeah was, this was a total rip off of that and it's possible it's possible well what I will say is like as far as Cannibal Holocaust goes like I mean it's not a movie that was like really like that readily available like I never had a mm-hmm. chance to rent it the entire time I grew up going to video stores and like the last broadcast yeah it did come out kind of right before. Blair Witch, but it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, were you at one of the six film festivals <laughs> that it showed? Mm-hmm. If not, yeah. how would you know about it? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and like, the, well, I was just yeah. going to say the opening, there was a cameo from the filmmaker as one of the crazy the director. Yeah. Joe Berlinger. He's the guy that made all those Paradise Lost documentaries. Yeah. The, the movies yeah. that made people love Damien Eccles. Fucking Damien Eccles. He's a household name. He is now. We got to hang out with Damien. Apparently these videos, though. Yeah, apparently these videos, some of the people were the real townspeople, they said. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're basically... This movie's kind of genius that it was like, oh, yeah, we're going to make the sequel... Where it's uh it takes place in the real world where the first movie was just a movie and like you know there's a bunch of people that were like jumping on board with the whole you know uh the fucking the, the Blair Witch fever believing it showing up at the real town going through the woods and all this shit this guy right here he's the main character he's he's very Chad he mm-hmm. uh we find out that he was uh in the mental hospital for a while and this is a uh, this starts uh kind of the first thing that the director if you have the dvd and you listen to the director's commentary he just shits on shit like this where uh, basically he th- he gave in his uh first uh director's cut and uh the, basically they wanted to add in stuff like this yeah. and you can tell when you're watching like this just seems like very cartoony compared to the rest the, of the well, well, well this part here is like li- like literally i'm just gonna say this is the worst scene in the entire movie because they want you to know that this guy was like in a loony bin the year previously before he started giving all these tours around the blair witch locations so how do they do that they just randomly insert some like weird footage of them putting a, a tube down his throat in a hospital by the way the guy's smoking a cigarette dropping ashes on his forehead by the way yeah but, but that's but, against regulations they never do that and then they then he pulls out a jar of like either elephant or horse cum and pours it yeah. down this guy's nostrils like, like wasn't, wasn't that just like fucking look how thick that is wasn't that just like choke him he drowned yeah. in it like what loony been why would they have to do that why are they <laughs> lubricating his sinuses with the horse cum? it's obviously just something weird yeah. to put in the movie just so he's at got the cum in his mouth there <laughs> yeah so the end you can see the cum come out of his mouth but it's like how would it, how would that improve your mental state at all oh fuck it reasons bro reasons <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like literally, the this is the worst part of the movie. This scene, like if they would cut this movie out, I mean, cut this scene out of the movie, it would have like been a much better movie. And I get it. Like the director was like, "Oh, I wanted to make a more subtle movie," and the studio was like, "Oh, it's got to be that." But it's like this shit doesn't even add anything, like at all. It's it's just like basically, if you didn't see this, you would probably forget that he was ever in the nut house because he just mentioned it in that little footage right there that he was away 
and then locked up for a while. And then later on in the movie, the Kim chick, the goth chick, she says, uh, you know, that line where she's like, oh, I can't believe they let you out. You're far from sane, which uh, he gives a look like fucking what a bitch. But like right. she was just joking, probably. Yeah. But like, here's another change right here for the uh, he originally had the uh, fucking uh, what was his name? Uh, the song Witchcraft yeah. by uh, fucking what's his name? Sinatra was playing during this and it didn't have these quick cuts. Where it keeps of showing gore. people dying. Yeah. Yeah. So they wanted to change that too. But you know, fucking the, the Meryl Manson song, it's not. It, it, I always love this shot, actually. Like, yeah, I do too. The, the, the orange look of the trees. And apparently he wanted the movie to start out with this, with the credits, as like a, a callback to Paradise Lost. Kind of like, yeah, fucking. Yeah, you, it looks you know. just like the credits of that. Mm hmm. I gotta Very say, I gotta say, this is the one like studio, like you know, change or whatever that was actually good, putting in the Marilyn Manson song. Cause like, I mean, witchcraft by Frank Sinatra, it's like, okay, whatever. It's, it's kind of cute and winky, but like considering mm. the movie is like lampooning, like young goth people obsessed with witches and shit. Like Marilyn Manson was the best choice you could have put. And then like, th this is like, uh, not necessarily this song, but this was like around the time with this Hollywood album, the, the when I finally got mm -hmm. into Marilyn Manson. But yeah, this is the song Disposable Teens, which like, actually Marilyn Manson knew a lot about it in the, the late 90s, because when he would go on tour, he would uh, come in the teens and then just throw them out the back of the bus on the way to the next town. Exactly. Very disposable, these teens. Yeah. And fucking hope they don't come out and me to you one day, but then fuck, oh shit. No, nope, it happened. Exactly. <laughs> they got groomed, and then they told. Fucking they were, they were doing the low T shit, Marilyn. Why? Yeah, Marilyn. Why'd you groom? Now I gotta, exactly. I gotta say, dude, this is another change. That yep. like, originally all these like, uh, what do you call them? Police interrogations were all like a one eight minute segment. The director said he played, but I actually really liked them being played throughout the movie. Like, honestly. Yeah. I think that works for it a little bit. Yeah. Originally it is all came at the end when you're getting that, like, you know, tying it up kind of fucking thing in the, in the police station stuff. But yeah, we're, here's where we find out. Like, so yeah, that, that character that was in the nut house, he got out eventually. He became a big fan of the Blair Witch project and he decided, like, he basically uh, modeled his whole life around it. Uh, like, he, he does this, like, tour. He sells stuff. Like, on eBay, he goes to, like, the Coffin Rock, and he gets all the sticks and sells the stick figures on the Internet and, like, all this shit. So, yeah, now we're meeting him and, like, a bunch of people he's taken with him to take on this Blair Witch tour. He calls it the Blair Witch Hunt. They're basically going to go to the woods and just hang out. Like in the, the two of the characters are writing a book about the Blair Witch Project and whether or not it was just all a hoax or because there is the movie. Uh, I don't know if there ever was a literal Blair Witch, but like some of the people in the story are like based on real people like mm. the uh, the murderer. I forget what his name was. And like apparently he ended up uh, going into the nut house uh, after he got out. So like this character was actually a reference to that character. And him uh, being in the nut house and stuff. Uh, but real quick, you remember like on the D or the VHS of this movie, it had that thing at the end of the movie. No, called I... the seek. It had the thing called Secrets of Ezra Fur, and basically they set it up like, oh yeah, you you look through the. Basically, they showed a bunch of fake scenes where they're like, this is shit that we filmed, and like weird stuff happened. Like, oh yeah, this shot right here, all the all the locks on the locker right there are normal, but then once we turn this corner, it's they're arranged in the shape of a pentagram. 
But we noticed stuff like that. We took it out of the movie. But there's some stuff we didn't notice, and you can go back and watch it. Like it, when you reverse the, there's like a little counter in the bottom right, and it's telling you like uh, letters, and mm-hmm. like you 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 write them out, and then they spell words in reverse. So like water was one, and like tombstone was one. So like on that VHS cut, that that scene right there where she's laying on the grave. And it says uh, Treacle for the last name of one of the uh, one of the kids that died. And like uh, one of the shots, it cuts back and it says Lucifer on it, and then it cuts back and says Treacle again. That was something they added on the VHS. They must have done it with CGI because it's not in this cut we're watching. It's not on the DVD or the the version that's uh, streaming on HBO Max in HD. By the way, that's the only way you see it in HD. Very I low T. <laughs> I gotta say, I kind of hate shit like that. I never did see the VHS. Um, I saw this movie when it, well, first of all, I, I saw the, the first two Blair Witches, uh, when they came out and like the first one I was like really disappointed in, like not really like when I was in the theater, I didn't think it was like a bad movie or anything. I just didn't think it was like that interesting. It, very forgettable. Yeah. Just... Yeah. It's just, it just like, okay. Like it's cool. Cause I knew like the whole story cause they had that sci-fi special and all that shit of the mm-hmm. first Blair Witch movie. Like, yeah, the whole thing going behind it was almost creepier than the fucking movie itself. Yeah. Well, just more entertaining. I'd say. Cause like, yeah. when, when, like you get all this hype from the specials that were on cable TV at the time. And then you mm-hmm. go see the movie, and it's just very like one note kind of like, oh, we're lost in the woods. We don't know what's going on. What's going? You know, like yeah, like my favorite part of the first Blair Witch movie is actually just the very beginning when they're like normal and they're like, oh, we're going in the woods. You know, we're going to go go do this. Like, but talking with all the townsfolk, getting yeah. their like stories, like yeah. that fucking weird lady, like yeah, creepy, and the the guys fishing. And then my least like, favorite parts are where they're just like, look at this little fucking celery general hanging from the fucking tree. Exactly, oh, it's so exactly. creepy. It's like, oh, is it? Because I'm sitting in a fucking theater with like 75 other people and like nobody's really creeped out. <laughs> and it was funny because they tried to keep it a secret that it was all a movie and it was yeah. fake. But like fucking like the all, the whole cast showed up at the MTV mu- Music Awards that <laughs> yeah, year, which like which like happened around the time it was hitting theaters, so everybody knew by that time. Yeah, I was just kind of bored with the first one, but but like when I went to see this movie, and like if it would have been the same, like oh we're lost in the woods shit, I probably wouldn't have gone to see it. But you know the trailers showed you it was like a real movie and everything. And when I saw this movie, I think I liked it, you know, like, like I wasn't like blown away by this, like the first time, but I was just like, oh yeah, that was way better than the first one, you know? Cause like this one kind of like had more of the mythology and the buildup that I liked that was in the first one. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it seemed like I was just primed to like this movie. Cause it, like it, I fucking, I always love movies where like, it's just a, it's good scenery, like a movie that takes place in the woods, even though I didn't think it worked in the first movie. But like this one, it's there enough and like that opening shot and stuff. And then like the thing with the cameras, because like I always like I loved filming shit as a kid. I always try to get my friends to be in these like little uh, home movies or try to make little movies. And then like, oh, yeah, they wake up the next day and like all their shit's destroyed. And then they got to watch the tapes to find out what happened. It's like this is right up my alley, even though like you watch it now and it's like this shit doesn't make any sense. Like uh, right. the, fucking, the scene where uh, the, the chick right there, Erica, is, is dancing around the tree. And it's like, oh, I got to redigitize it and blow it up. And then we can get a better look. We can get a better angle. It's like all you're doing is zooming in. Zooming and in. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then somehow they see all this hidden footage whenever they rewind the tapes. Because that's how it works. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, whatever. It's all like paranormal shit. There's a witch involved, I guess. 
And, and that's the thing. It's really hard to do which movie's good. I know people are like, oh, witches are some of the best thing because female uh, whatever characters are the best. But, like, the thing I kind of like about Blair Witch, or at least this movie, is, like, you don't even know if there really is a witch. But, mm-hmm. like, like, a singular witch who's doing on it. But, like, how in this movie they established, like, they're going to sleep in the ruins of the house of the guy who killed all the kids in town. It almost seems more mm-hmm. like it's more, like, less about a witch running around and more just, like this place is evil and could be like influencing people to do shit throughout like the centuries. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that stab shot always, I always thought that was really gnarly. Like they, it just looks like they stab, they put clothes on like a, uh, a watermelon and then stabbed yeah. into it and twisted it, but like twisting it, like it was, yeah, fucking that. It always creeped me out seeing that. Yeah, those close up stabbings, um, because you never see those actual real murders like really play out in the movie. You just get those quick glimpses cut throughout the movie. Like, I thought it was cool when they were doing it during the opening credits, but when they start doing it through like parts of the movie that are like actually entertaining and don't really need that, like, mm-hmm. then it does kind of be like, oh, they're showing that too much, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's it's all stuff that happens while they're blacked out this yeah. this coming night, which is a cool idea for a movie. I thought like, yeah, they they wait fucking they wake up the next day and they don't remember. And it's like, did they ever did they kill him or is this all like the the witch is doing? And like, you know, uh, like did the fucking yeah, it's just it's crazy to try to piece it together. Even though it's just like fucking, it's not. This is kind of like a it's like um. David Lynch Jr. Like yeah. it's a it's one of those plots. It's like it's like whoa, what's happening? But it's like it's not too like fucking mysterious where you can you know a general audience can watch this and not and, and get it and just not walk away like I'm I was completely lost. Like they'll probably be like, oh that was fucking stupid because I know a lot of people did that when they watched it. Like it, they kind of like uh, almost remade this movie more recently. They did that movie Oculus about yeah. the yeah, where they I like they don't that. they don't know what really happened, and then they got to like watch the tape back to see what really happened. Kind of exactly. Yeah. I remember watching that, and people were were enjoying that one. I was like, this is kind of like the Blair Witch, and everybody yeah. hated that one. Very low tea. I gotta say, like, like I only really have seen this movie like three times. I saw it in the theater. Like, I, unless I'm just, like, totally forgetting, I don't think I ever saw it on home video. And then, like, a, and then like a year or two ago, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of curious about this movie. I think I was, like, more curious to see it again over the years. Because, um, like, you know, I kind of just saw it when it came out. I was like, oh, yeah, that was good. And then, like, you know, then you just heard for years and years, this is bad. This is terrible. This is the worst horror movie ever made. So I kind of had, like, a whatever curiosity, but I just never wanted to buy that weird-ass DVD and then, like, as time went on, you know, like, like it was, like, one of those movies, like, I'll buy the the Blu-ray. And then, like, the Blu-ray of the first one came out, and I was like, oh, it'll be a double pack with part two, or there'll be, like, no, no, never, never. So, like, yeah, like, I want to say it was just, like, HD net movies or something, like, a year, just a year ago, I finally saw it again for the second time. And I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And it's mm-hmm. actually, like... Just in general, and I'm really surprised. I mean, granted, he had a cinematographer and everything, but this is a guy who, like, this is his first, like, regular feature film, not a documentary. Like, this is one of my favorite movies, like, with the cinematography, like, and especially seeing the HBO Max version looked even actually way better than the, the, the whatever satellite TV version I saw, like, a year ago. 
I love the visual texture of this, of the film shots. And then when they cut to like the mini DV footage, like you can tell it's like video footage that's been transferred to film or whatever. But like mm-hmm. even that like looks good. It doesn't look like your typical fake shitty handheld camera footage that you see in movies now. You know what I mean? Like like this, mm-hmm. this whole movie is just fucking awesome. And like that's what I miss out of like the digital movies that are made now, especially the digitally shot horror movies is they don't like the digital cameras. I know I say this all the time, but like, they don't capture the lighting the same way. And like mm-hmm. the lighting is very important for the, the atmosphere of horror movies. That's that, that's like what really makes it break. Like whether or not a movie looks super generic or not is yeah. all in the lighting really. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, like, and like, I really like the cast, like the only person that's kind of like, Oh, like I wouldn't like, you know, like the casting is like 99% perfect. Like maybe like this one guy, Steven or whatever, he's like kind of annoying. But then I'm like, well, I can't really blame the actor because the character is supposed to be like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, like the Steven and his girlfriend, they're there for the book and she's uh, pregnant. And, uh, and then the other two characters is uh, the goth chick who was there because she likes the movie. And then the other one, uh, I forget her name. I think her Erica. Her, yeah. Erica, yeah, they're all named after their actual. Yeah, uh, they're real. That names. was a yeah. yeah from the first movie. They wanted to do something kind of the the same and kind of meta or whatever. So like she, like she's there because she's like uh she's into witchcraft and she's like yeah she's she wants to connect to the spirit of the Blair Witch and like yeah so like whatever happened to that chick the fucking uh, Which Erica. One? Yeah, Erica, I don't know too much. I know the one that plays the goth chick, Kim Director. She's like, I looked at her IMDb. She's done a lot. Like, and like the Erica chick, the redhead, like, I, it's really good job because apparently when they cast the movie, she, she had short blonde hair and they had to mm-hmm. make her hair red and give her extensions. But like, her hair doesn't look fake at all. Like, it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Like, usually you she, can spot fake red hair in a movie a mile away, but. The last thing I seen her in, I swear, it was like the remake of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, I don't even remember her being in it. Was she the girl yeah. who pulled the gun out of her vagina? No, she was uh, not Jessica Biel, but the other girl in the okay. group. That guy right there holding the camera, because they run into another, uh, you know, tour that are into the, you know, Blair Witch. And the uh, fucking uh, the guy and that's the head of that one looks like the guy from uh, Nickelback. Yeah, fucking, he's gonna Chad Kroger it up over here. Because he even tells the guys like, "What are you doing here? This is our campsite. Take a look at this photograph." Exactly. Neither of these guys have permits. But yeah, they basically they lied to him. They told him, "Oh yeah, something fucking weird happened over at Coffin Rock or whatever it was." Oh, you you guys, uh, fucking you guys, should go check it out. So like yeah, that's whole the, the whole crux of this night is like whenever they wake up the next day and all their shit's destroyed, they think that this uh, tour group came back while they were fucking blacked out and uh, destroyed all their shit. Very high tea, if you ask me. But this is funny. This chick says, "Listen up, I didn't come all the way from Berlin to look at some old trees." It's like you watched the Blair Witch, which is a movie where people are walking around looking at old trees, and now you came here because you like the Blair Witch. That's exactly why you came from Berlin, was just look at an old tree. Well, what do you think? Like, you know the movie's yeah. not real, right? <laughs> well, well, I guess we should clarify, because I don't know if we really say it. Like, the way this movie kind of plays it, like, at least the way I took it from the opening crawl, was um, it's kind of like, they're like, yeah, the first movie really happened, and then this movie actually really happened, too. But just there wasn't, like, you know, footage or whatever. So, like, we just recreated it with actors, like, 
Oh, okay. So it, maybe that is the thing. The yeah. first movie still, it's a movie, but it, it, they're still going by the logic of the, like it was how real. we all, yeah. yeah. That's what, that's what the way I took it or whatever. Yeah, I guess I didn't even think about it like that, yeah. But I, I got to say, though, because, like, you know, like, this is the movie, especially coming off the way the first movie was made, like, independently for, I don't I, I don't know what the budget was, 30 grand or some bullshit like that. And it made, like, whatever, 150, 200, 300 million, whatever it did. It's like, they had to know the movie studio, they had to know that they weren't going to capture that type of lightning in a bottle. So it's like, you know, like, I think the movie, the, this, uh, the budget of this movie was, like, um like uh five million dollars or something and like you know Mm -hmm. it it grossed a lot less but it was like way profitable but like i gotta say like you know they hired this documentary filmmaker to make it and do this kind of like meta half documentary half you know movie thing but um i gotta say like as much as the director's like oh they fucked with my vision they did this and this like for his first like feature-length movie that wasn't a documentary like i think this is a very good horror movie honestly they always fuck your vision in a way. They're like, yeah, like I, th- I think at some points people are gonna like kind of rediscover this movie and kind of like, oh, it wasn't as bad as it was. I think it's really under, like, yeah, like it's not, it's a dumb movie. It's, there's nothing like super like enlightening about it or anything, but it's it's fun to me. I this shot always like weirded me out. Where assuming this is after the weird, uh, you know, the yeah. whole fucking reverse the footage stuff happens. So, but she's closed again. No, I so think maybe, it, I think it's before. Maybe, yeah. But like she had she just comes down, sits down, drinks her beer, and then has like a staring contest with an owl here. Yeah. An evil owl. <laughs> and, and it's cut all oh, it's cut really MTV generation. Like it keeps cutting uh, like quick cutting to her face in different angles. It's really weird. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. This was one of my favorite scenes of the movie. Yeah, I guess it's while it's happening kinda. This is one of my favorite scenes of the movie with this. I think it's the Queens of the Stone Age song where it's like real like kind of obnoxious and yeah. repetitive. It's like did you do cigarettes, alcohol, nicotine, blah, blah, blah. but it's actually like cut really good. And I'm sure probably the documentary filmmaker probably hated that. That might have been a studio choice, but like that's like one of that's like probably my second or third favorite scene in the movie. Like that montage of them just getting fucked up, and it like all of a sudden the movie starts changing and getting stylistically weird. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I love this scene too, where the girl just like I don't know why, like there's something creepy about it. Like at first you think she's going to go down to like take a bath or piss in the river or something, and the way she just walks into the river, like it seems normal, and then it just gets creepy out of nowhere, like. I like horror movie shit like this instead of like the really like over the top like you know horror shit. Oh crap! I, I was wrong. The DVD does have some of the stuff added in because one of them was water, and it was during this scene. You could see the silhouette or like the shadow of one of those big stick figures in like okay. like it, as if it was floating above her. But yeah, she had a dream where she took the baby that she's pregnant with hasn't had yet and just drowned him in the river yeah. which is creepy and then like yeah they wake up the next day and all this mayhem i always like this they wake up and it's almost like it's snowing but it's all this research that they just shred it up and yeah. the wind is just blowing it around it, it's all that yeah i was i was gonna say that too this is one of my favorite things of the movie too it's very eerie that it's literally just paper confetti flying around like snow but like it puts like a weird like ambiance onto it like i think again like i i think this movie is like better than like the vast vast majority of horror movies like like I won't go as far as to say as it's like a masterpiece because there's like some areas where it doesn't go very far. It kind of like, like in towards the middle, it kind of starts farting around and just 
you know, kind of mm-hmm. wasting time with just showing weird shit just to show weird shit. But like the yeah. the the concept, the setup, and then the way it ends with the payoff. Like if you just think about it mentally, like I think it's a great fucking idea for a movie. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people say like, oh yeah, like uh, the the most frustrating thing about Blair Witch Two is that the idea is cool, like, it, but like the people say like it's it's just squandered, like in the execution or something. Yeah, I wouldn't really say that completely. I I, I think it just kind of like like it, it like I think it's a movie that's like probably like eighty percent perfect, and then the twenty percent that's like not that great. It's just kind of like middle of the road. Like it's not bad. Like there's never really a point where you hit in the movie where you're like, oh, this sucks. I want to turn it off. But it's just mm-hmm. like it's kind of like the setup is so good that you think it's going to go somewhere awesome, and then it just kind of for a while once they get back to the factory loft place like it kind of just starts happening to be kind of like normal horror movie trope shit of just seeing Mm -hmm. weird shit and hallucinating you know what i mean yeah see this is basically yeah like she uh they wake up the all their shit's destroyed and she said oh at least the tapes are still here she's got like yeah basically up until this point she's just kind of like implying that she can like see the future or something that she's got some kind of weird telepathy and then like right here yeah she's like oh yeah the tapes are still here and then she's like oh yeah they're over there and they're like oh that's where they found the blair witch tapes like why would they be there fucking and they're actually there see i thought that was cool because like yeah fucking but then it's like oh yeah you put them there you you liar very chad very exactly. create the uh the what do you call it the uh, paranoia but it, i i thought it was cool like with the goth chick is like i think a lot of movies could play it in like a lame way where she just shows up and she's psychic or telepathic or whatever but like what i like about this movie is like it kind of gives credence to like the 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 hills or the woods or whatever they're called the black hills mm-hmm. have some kind of power in them is like she's starting to like it's just like she knows shit, like it pops in her mind, but she even like says a couple of times, like, I don't know how I know this. I don't know how it, so it's like kind of cool that like a normal person is like receiving all this like kind of psychic shit and like they can't even control it. You know what I mean? Like it kind of makes you think there's like a larger evil force going on here. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like uh, we were talking earlier about how they, they put like the FBI interrogation stuff throughout the movie. Like that scene later on where she brings him coffee and he turns around and she sees him like in an electric chair. Yeah. At, fir- at first you watch it and it's just like, oh, that was just there to be weird. But yeah. then like, yeah, that's something that like watching it a second time, it's like, oh, she's seeing his future. She she mentioned she can see like the future and stuff at certain points in the movie. So like, yeah, fucking doing stuff like that kind of did like – uh it made you like it's way easier to follow now it's, this isn't the kind of movie it's like oh fucking uh i was a little uh you know shocked by the ending i guess i gotta watch it again and fucking pick up extra stuff it's just like it's like the artisan was like nobody wants to watch a blair wish movie more than once you fucking get it all in one viewing baby yeah exactly <laughs> like you know like like you can blame artisans, like because they wanted to put what they call tr- more traditional horror elements into it. Like you know, they wanted like the quick cut-ins of the graphic shit, and they wanted you know the the music so they could sell the soundtrack. And you can really tell during the the closing credits, there's like seven songs that keep playing. <laughs> like it's just like every twenty seconds, a new rock song keeps playing to sell that soundtrack and all that. Mm-hmm. But like. At the same time, like like this shit, like there's there's good classic horror movie type shots and feel like 
Like, like I did think it was a little suspect that I think the movie isn't it like roughly almost exactly ninety minutes. So I'm sure they're, yeah, I'm sure the original cut was probably slightly longer. But at the same time, like it's not like some ninety minute movies that feel like cut like to the point where they're like you know like incoherent. Like it's not like that. It still has a slow pace to it, which is I think good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. See, you can tell that that shit was done in the, the editing at the end, and that was all supposed to be at the end, because otherwise they wouldn't have wrote it to be this confusing, where he's talking to the FBI, and in the story, he's telling the FBI he's also talking to that guy from the FBI. <laughs> well, yeah, like, I was going to say, what did you think of like the local hillbilly sheriff who like hated, hated the Jeff guy and always knew he grew up like a troublemaker and crazy and shit? I actually thought that was a cool character. I liked it. Yeah, I, I didn't recognize him from anything. Like he, This is the only only thing i really know him from and he, he's good in the role i think yeah and he's just weird because he's just kind of like a kind of like hillbilly looking guy with a long ponytail and he's like wearing a suit because oh, he's a cop oh. <laughs> as a as a kid when this came out this scene there's two shots in this movie where it shows this little girl creepily dancing and th- this shit terrified me back when this movie came out i remember i used to like get in and out of the shower like opening that curtain thinking i was just gonna see her standing there was, fucking creepy yeah, that's that sounds like an artisan uh, insert. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> like that's the only parts of the movie I don't like is like the shit that looks like they were from like a Marilyn Manson video from the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, she she brings it into the story though. She says like, "Oh, I saw the the little girl that was killed." Because uh, yeah, the fucking the guy that was killing kids and. Okay, that was part of the the witch's mythology too. She used to make the kids stand in the corner, uh-huh. and then like kill one of them. Which is uh, the ending of the first movie. I mean, see, here's a fun fact: back whenever, uh, <laughs> back when the first movie came out, like me and my mom, we knew all about it. We knew about the uh, the hype behind it. We went. It never came to our theater, I don't think. But we went as soon as it came out on VHS. We got it. We took it. I remember that buying VHSs. That was dog. It was. But then I, yeah, we put it in. We were watching it, and my dad comes in. And he's just sitting there, like uh, he's like, "Oh, they're watching a movie. I'll, I'll join in." So he he gets there at the beginning, and he's watching the whole thing. <laughs> at about an hour and twenty, like I don't know, at least an hour into the movie, he goes, "When does the actual movie start?" <laughs> Like he thought, he thought this was all just like the opening where it's just setting up the story. Well, that's what I'm saying. It kind of has that feel of like, it never quite ramps up. You know what I mean? Like, like like it's a movie, the way it's constructed is that is like, it's all about the beginning and ending and the middle is all kind of just like details. You know what I mean? That was another shot that they tampered with for the VHS. Another one spelled out mirror. And like, it was that scene, like when he passes the mirror there, instead of showing the back of his head, it like, it shows basically what you're seeing in front. Like it's just the front of him again, but it looks like kind of sinister looking. And like, yeah, I remember when that came out, like I was, I was still young enough to be like, Oh man, I buy this shit. Fucking yeah. They shot the movie and weird things happened. They didn't notice it. <laughs> so, I did. I was, I was all, I bought into that. Yeah, I don't really, but, well, this is the thing, too, where, he, where like, he, he realizes he's, or they re- reveal he's part of, Jeff is part of the the Fast and the Furious crew, where he boosts, like, old DVD players off the backs of trucks and stuff and sells them on eBay, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, all that shit about mirror spelled backwards and this and all this, like, to me, it's like that's just the Marilyn Manson influence of the time because, like, a lot of people yeah, don't yeah. know this, but Marilyn Manson was one of the first, like, out there celebrities 
to, uh, you know, um, talk about researching Flat Earth. He was the first one, and I think that kind of rubbed <laughs> off on this film for sure. Virgin. Oh, I, I forgot to say during Disposable Teens, like, you know, Marilyn Manson had some great lyrics because he was, like, you know, so open-minded, and he was, like, you know, all about those men's rights and stuff. But he, he would like to confront the audience with a shocking lyric. So my favorite line from uh, Disposable Teens is when he says, he says, you want an evolution? Well, the ape was a great big hit. Very Chad. And it's true. Like, pe- people get obsessed with apes. Like, you go to, like, the the uh, the zoo. Like, that's where everybody's crowded around. Like, Marilyn Manson, like, he, he spoke the truth with that one. He did. Fucking every time you went. Don't lie, you saw that fucking ape jack off at least once. They knew they knew what it was all about. Exactly. Fucking very shit. I always laugh at that scene right there where he, yeah, he's basically showing off his uh store, like where he, he gets the, the the rocks from like uh, you know, by the river or whatever, and he makes the rock formations and he sells them on eBay. He makes the stick men, sells them on eBay and the hats and stuff. But like he looks at the the rock formation, he's like, Oh my god, who made that? He's like, Oh, I did earlier. And that's very Chad. Yeah, I, I like it because it's kind of making fun of like all the shit that popped up, cashing in on yeah, the first movie. I, you know, I remember, I remember that in the first movie, she finds a like a stack of rocks. She's like, "Oh my god, who did it?" It's like it's the fucking woods. It's a stack of rocks. Exactly. <laughs> well, also too, it's like, um, uh, like when they showed all those sweatshirts he had made for the Blair Witch Hunt, and it's kind of making fun of the commercialism of the whole thing and all that. Um, it it kind of like looking back, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But like watching that movie, this movie again now in the year twenty twenty one, I was like, like you look at the quality <laughs> of the sweatshirts, and I'm thinking there had to be a deleted scene where they showed Jeff inventing uh, CafePress.com or whatever. <laughs> Hell yeah, he'd be rolling in the money. He'd be the new Bezos, the original Bezos. This is the stuff like with the the wife here, where she's just like she's doing that like oh they press they press their hands in the blood and then press them on your skin. It's like what the hell are you talking about? This is like one of the 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 threads that you never really. I guess it's just like okay, well I guess they kind of explain that with the weird markings on their body, yeah. But then like yeah. Oh by the way, they get the basically it's like they think it's poison oak or something, but it's like fucking like uh, it's the thorn. Yeah. Fucking, you you think while they were passed out, that old hermit from Halloween Five like yeah. took them to his house and put that on them and shit. Fucking it, nursed them till they came back to. It 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 is very definitely the curse of Thorn type shit. Yeah, see, I, I said that, but I forgot they took that out of the actual. Uh, apparently, originally it was the hermit that drew that thorn on them. But like, yeah, fucking, isn't that funny? I I didn't think about that as a kid, but isn't it funny to think that a hermit brought a guy into his house and just let him sit there for a year? Well, well, well also too is a uh, uh, Halloween Five. It makes more sense with the original story was it wasn't a hermit. It was like a younger guy who was like in the satanic cults and arts and shit. And he mm. and so like it makes more sense that a guy in the satanic cults like I think his name was like Rocker Bob or some bullshit. It made more sense that a weirdo like that would try to resurrect or keep alive Michael Myers than just an old blind hermit. <laughs> you think he got like one of those saline drips to keep him fed and shit or just poured shit down his gullet? It, it pro- that's what I was thinking. He probably just like brewed up some soup, the old hermit. But I was like, what does he do? Like, does Michael Myers just piss and shit the bed all the time for a year? Like, what happens? He refills the bedpan. Yeah. He just keeps the old rusty bedpan. He got the 
Oh yeah. Maybe he sucks it out. Yeah. Very Chad. Look at that. See, this is another thing too. I noticed while watching this, it's like, oh, we got to watch all this tape. Oh, they're they're basically just watching the stationary thing. It's like we, they can't even see themselves in this. It's like, well, we got hours of tape to watch. It's like in real life, they could probably fast forward. They wouldn't have to watch every inch. They're no. just looking for that weird group. movement. Yeah, yeah, the weird group that they think is are the ones that destroyed their shit to show up. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny that like that that other tour of people showed up like they made them all foreigners that like mock foreign tourists and shit like like I, I don't think you could get away with that now like if anything now you would have to have the the movie be about the foreign tourists you know what i mean oh yes i was gonna say like the, the this is like the only kind of story beat that like rings kind of hokey to me that they all go back to Jeff saying like, okay, like they hire him basically as a tour guy, like this, this husband and wife couple. I don't think they're quite married. Maybe they are, but they're definitely a couple. Like the, the lady has a miscarriage and it's like, instead of just staying in the hospital or being like, okay, dude, like we went on this weird like tour with you. It didn't work out. All our research got shredded. We're going to start over from scratch, right? In our Blair Witch book. Now it's like, they make it seem like, like for some reason they have to go back to this weird guy's like fucking war you know civil war factory to like yeah. to have his wife recuperate like why would you want to be like in a stranger's house in like a shithole like that when your wife is uh literally recovering from medical uh you know losing a baby type thing that shit scared me as a kid that fucking kid on the fucking bridge See, I, I, I gotta admit, I mean, obviously I was way older than you when this came out. Like, when this came out, shit, I was, I was in my 20s already, I'm sure. But, like, Fuck. but like, yeah, like, when I would see that shit, it was, like, all the same shit that was, like, in those fucking PG-13 Ringoos and Marilyn Manson videos where, where like, everybody, sh- like, shakes. And I'm just like, that's fine for a shitty MTV music video, but, like, I never found that shit scary in movies, you know what I mean? Fuck, you were too Chad. Too Chad for one hand, babe. I think probably where that shit started when you say it was Jacob's Ladder, like when he would see the weird demon people acting weird. I think that's where all I, that shit came from. I love that movie, too. Great. I like too when Chad. the horn comes out of the lady's mouth. Like I, yeah. I, I had a picture of that in a Fangoria magazine, and I found it oddly erotic as a child. Isn't that what it's implying, that the, the guy yeah. behind her like has sex with her and it comes out the top of her mouth? That's, <laughs> that's what weird. I thought. Yeah, because <laughs> she's always like sweaty and like horny or when very Jed. See this scene right here coming up whenever uh, he he's talking to Erica and like fucking she just scratches his stomach and it's just like that's a good effect. I think it holds up. It's actually a really good effect. It looks like something you see in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie back in the day. Hmm. Speaking of the Blair Witch, I'm kind of shocked that like like this seemed like the studio move at the time, but I'm shocked they didn't get Marilyn Manson to come play the Blair Witch. Oh yeah, that would have been amazing. Yeah. They could actually like get him like, oh yeah, this scene at the end, you're gonna do that trick where you suck your own dick, right? Because yeah. you got your rib removed. He's like, that ain't that shit isn't real. I didn't really do that. I'm like, oh fuck, how we, you're fired. Yeah, that was the only reason we hired you. Yeah, that that rumor actually got really out of hand, and a lot of people believed it. But it's actually really false. And like the reason it's false is, they said he, he got ribs removed so he could, you know, he's a very tall man. He's like six foot four, so he could bend down and blow himself. But that's actually not what it is. The problem was, 
after his concerts, him and his bandmates, when they were 69, he was like six foot four. They were all like five eight, five nine. They, like they couldn't reach him. So he actually got the rib removed so he could curl up more so they could, they, they could, you know, reach him in the 69 position. So, I mean, that, that's just like totally the media, you know, like blowing shit out of proportion. I mean, he did it because he, he was tired of being a selfish lover to his bandmates, to Ziggy Damn. Ramirez and uh, John 316 and all the rest of them. Twiggy Ramirez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, her too. Oh, I get that, that person got me too also. Didn't yeah, they? that person Twiggy. got me too, like actually shockingly, way before Marilyn Manson did. Mm-hmm. You know, you, we gotta we gotta take this moment to throw a shout out. I'm sure he's gonna be listening to this episode at some point. Uh uh when he gets back from his honeymoon. But you know who's actually a new listener to the show? And is actually was a huge Marilyn Manson fan back in the day. Is our boy Phil D's dog? Yeah, Phil D's nuts. Very Chad. He's probably going to listen to this uh, episode and play Mechanical Animals in the background. Oh yes. Was he a Mechanical Animals guy? Yeah, he was. Because I remember, like, other than Rock is Dead, I wasn't too hot on that album. But if I'm remembering correctly, Phil D's, if you're listening, if if I'm getting this all wrong. Yeah, but he was, like, on board pretty much from the beginning, I think. I was was a weird Marilyn Manson fan. I didn't really like any of his shit until Hollywood. And then I went back, and I got into his first album. And then the only other one I bought was, like, later on, they did this, like, compilation that was all his early demos. And I kind of liked that, too, but... I listened to Mechanical Animals the other night when I was playing NBA 2K20 on PS4, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, Mechanical Animals is pretty good." Um, but yeah, yeah, at the time, for some reason, I don't, I don't know why. Like, I didn't really warm up to it. That's the same with me. Yeah, fucking, I didn't like it until like that that album. Yeah, Hollywood is like it got yeah. it got me into it too. You ever notice like there's like a lot of Marilyn Manson songs where it's like and then he's like oh oh what do you think he's like he's actually doing like when he records that where he's like oh oh yeah oh like you know what i mean like what like what do you think's going on behind the scenes well he's probably trying to suck his own dick but he can't because he's still got that rib he needed to remove it he needed to remove it yeah i fucking i i think this chick erica is a stacy very very stacy i was gonna say like like for this being a quote-unquote not commercial movie like they went out of their way to make sure all three girls were like good looking did you notice that very chad good move yeah see right here he's got the thorn it was that guy from the fucking hermit you know who the guy that plays steven really really reminds me of he's like almost like an early version of bradley cooper dog oh yeah like Bradley Cooper could have played this role and it would come out exactly the same. You ever see that movie Case Thirty Nine with Renee Zellweger and, and Bradley Cooper? I've heard of it. I know I've seen the cover. I don't know if I watched it. Yeah, it's like it's like an early movie back when Bradley Cooper did all these horror movies like that, Midnight Meat Train, and like yeah, he play he, he like he gets victimized about halfway through, and he gets his jaw ripped off by a demon or something. It's pretty gnarly. Dog. See, look, oh, we enhanced it. We uh, fucking, we, he got a new angle on the yeah. tree girl. Oh, yeah, I enhanced it. Well, I think it's <laughs> funny, too, is that, like he keeps trying to like freeze it, like right at the same spot. It takes some hours, but it's like from any angle, even from the first time, you can tell it's just a naked girl swinging around a tree. 
Exactly. And everybody watching the movie knows that's who it is. It's like it's it's the girl. It's Erica right there. Yeah. And then they show it, and it's like, oh, it's a big reveal. It's like we already knew that. We well, just tell by the back over. Yeah. I guess I guess we should say too the the guy who plays Jeff. Like this is the first thing I ever saw him in. But he went he went on to star for like ten years on that Burn Notice show. I saw that. This is the only thing I've ever seen him. Yeah, I've heard he was on that. I never saw that show. Yeah, I started watching. I got a couple episodes into it. It's good. And that was another one I started watching because Phil D's told me about. But uh, it used to be on Netflix. I'm not sure if it still is. I wouldn't mind seeing some more because it had had our boy in it, Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. He's going to be on uh, Joe Bob this Friday. Very Chad. Is he? Very donk. Talking to Bruce. Yeah. And and like this is like the uh, the part where like pretty much everybody because you know like the director he was talking about a lot like really what this movie was about was like what does he call it like a mass hysteria or whatever mm-hmm. like where you get a group of people for some reason um, believing that something that's not going on at all is like going on or whatever so like this movie is supposed to be a big meditation on it and like. It's kind of before his time. I mean, not really in real life, but I don't think the media blew up his shit yet. But uh, you know who's another person that could have got this group of people believing all kinds of crazy shit? Is our boy uh, Officer Daniels, if he would have called the Hell house at yes. this point. He would have got them believing anything. Did you see what Officer Daniels did to Burger King in the video? I, I saw that, yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> He's still fucking kicking around doing that shit. It's got to be the same guy. Because they said it keep happening over and over to different Burger Kings in the, across the country. It's got to be the same fucking guy back at it. Oh, yeah. This is another real uh, Chad move. Is when you, you put all the the young, in-shape women in your movie. Uh, you come up with a Curse of Thorn or whatever, Mark of Thorn. And the reason that they got to rip off their clothes to show all their marks. Exactly. You think now they're part of that Thorn cult? They're gonna have to get like their 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 uncle is gonna have to have sex with them to kill a baby or something. Yeah, fucking that 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 was the plot of the uh, Halloween pee cut, and I never got like why would they want him to make a baby with his niece so that he could kill the baby? <laughs> How about just not have it? Oh yeah, this is funny. Yeah. Hey Elvira, I got you something to suck the blood out of. I would feel embarrassed even yeah. if I was an actor paid to say that line. I know. And then she says, oh, yeah, whip it out. And then, like, he doesn't. Like, he just got, like, the go-ahead, and he just stands there like a fucking beta. Yeah, these guys are really beta, because, like, I almost had the feeling if they just would have, like, been cool or whatever, like, like she, they they probably could have scored with her. Because she was oh, looking yeah. to get beer, she was looking to party, everything. You know, she wanted to get some beer, like like she might get drunk on that wicked ale. That's what she's getting, wicked ale. That's what goth people drink, wicked ale. Yeah, Pete's wicked ale, man. You want to talk about sponsorships out the wazoo? They're like their their logos all over it. Now I thought this was some hacky shit. Like they go back, she goes back to the um the the whatever you call it, general store, the small town. And it's like the same people are shopping in there like 12 hours later. Or and that same lady has the same cart full of whatever the fuck that was, that canned shit. It was, uh, that was another corny thing. It was it was a deviled uh, ham or whatever. Yeah, and then the guy on the floor, he's got his, uh, as you notice, his tools are arranged in the shape of the stick man. Yep, I did, I did kind of oh. notice that. 
Peggy's kind of a Stacy too. I was gonna say just the they could have just got some country girl to play the the checkout girl at the store, but no, they had to get a Stacy. Very Stacy. Yeah. Yeah, she's filming her. Like, I wonder if this will come back up later. I thought it was funny too that the camera wasn't just like filming all the time. It had to be like switched on at a certain point. Oh yeah, that means like basically if she wants to shoplift from her own store, she just turns it off. Yeah. Right, Chad. I I worked at a video store and a guy did that one time. A guy I worked with, um, uh, like when I had to change the tape out for the night, he's like, he's like, hold up, I'm gonna run and I'm gonna get a sprite from the cooler and then I'm gonna put it because he was already drinking a sprite, but he finished it. So he did this bullshit and I it was like my first week of working there. I didn't know what the fuck he was like trying to do or whatever. But he is like testing me. What's going on? Yeah, I was like, who is this fucking guy? And anyway, like he had a twenty ounce bottle of Sprite. He finished it, and like as I was like taking the tape out for ten seconds, he literally got up and ran back. So there was like no tape in the thing recording, you know. And he he got another Sprite. He he whatever put it on the table at the exact same spot. So like you know in between like the whatever. You know if you went continuity from one, guy. yeah, continuity. He was doing continuity <laughs> shoplifting. <laughs> and uh genius yeah and and then like i was like oh, okay like you know thanks for like ha- making me help you do whatever bullshit <laughs> oh look she's jamming pod yeah fucking you in the south town how you know that kid don't play how they how they follow her that's the same guys yeah they they like the kids like they like they they must have known the shortcut and they must have took the jason Voorhees shortcut in the woods as soon as she uh, she dissed him like that, she said, "Oh yeah, whip it out," and then walked off. He was like, "Man, she just fucked. She fucked me hard there. We got to get back at her. Like, let's take a fucking running start and get like fucking halfway back to where she's going, and then we'll come out, fucking throw shit at her. She's driving by. Very, very uh, well thought out on their part. I mean, they're they're VG. No, okay. Like, how far does the tricks of the of the witch or the town go? Like, do you think?" Because, I mean, obviously these kids dressed in, like, school clothes from the 1600s are, are imaginary ghost kids. But, like, what about the ones that was sexually harassing her? Are they real, too, or what? Well, they might not have been. Like, yeah, she looked like they were gone there. Fucking. Yeah. Oh, we could see down her shirt from that shot. Yeah, we could. Fucking a very, very Chad camera guy up there hiding in that fucking grating up there. He was making sure that the studio got what they wanted for commercial reasons. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is he she fucking what this is? That file that the the Peggy was using? Why yeah. is it covered in blood? How'd she get that? That's weird. It is, come it is weird. How did this happen? This is yeah. not my beautiful wife. This is not my beautiful house. You know what? I forgot I put a drink in the freezer. I better go get it before it explodes. All right, much like Kim's beers here, if she were to put them in the freezer, her wicked ales, if she was there to put them in the freezer, they might explode too. But uh, yeah, uh, Zach ran out on his favorite shot of the movie when the guy, um, uh, you know, whatever, she turns around and uh, Jeff is in the electric chair. And like he's even got the inmate like uniform on and everything. Again, some of these things I think play, you know, like uh, Zach was saying, they play better the second time you see the movie and all that. You see that? You see, uh, he was turned around right there while he wasn't looking at it. It was showing some of that weird shit. Like yeah. uh, that, uh, and then she she could have said something. She could be like, "Hey, there's something going on." But then he turns around and it's back to normal. 
they could have found out even earlier. Well, yeah. I guess they uh, he would have had to rewind it to say like, oh yeah, there is some there. But then like he would have saw all the hidden footage that, that only plays when you're rewinding it. See, look, this is weird. I always thought this was edited really weird. We see Erica right there, right? Mm. That's the last time we see her. But it, the way uh, the the way like the her whole disappearance plays out, it's like. It, I don't know. It's like, it's. I always thought like, was it a mistake to put that scene there? <laughs> no, <laughs> he I, sees her that day. I I know exactly what you're talking about because it it, it almost feels like uh, when she goes missing or whatever, it almost feels like sloppy, like um, like uh, like there was a, a connecting piece of the movie that was edited out or something like. Mm-hmm. Very low T on my part. I for yeah, I guess I I forgot that. Yeah, they do kind of. He, they do mention he's the last person to see your life. You know what's funny? I don't know if you heard it, but uh, opening up that can right there, it just exploded all over me. Did it? It was in the freezer too long. That's that's what happened to Kim with her wicked ale when she went to get the chicken out of the thing. Mm-hmm. Her fake KFC. Um, what was it? A sparkling water? It was. You know what's, what was weird is I don't know like what happened, but like a couple weeks ago, because I do this thing where... Um, I take a drink out of the fridge because I like my shit like really cold. I take my drink out of my fridge and I open it and I, uh, you know, I take like a sip or two and then I put it in the freezer and then like it gets colder faster because it's already open. You know, the cold air is like directly going into it. For some reason, it happened with the sparkling water and then a Dr. Pepper. But um, the uh, like somehow it was exploding after it was opened. And I don't understand how the fuck that like it was like shooting out and like spraying all over the inside of the freezer. It's weird. It was coming. It pretty much was. I like. I've never had that happen. And I and I've blown up a lot of sodas. I used to do that all the time when I lived at home. Like I put a uh, whatever because my dad worked overnight. Like I put a Dr Pepper or something in there. It would blow up. He he come home, you know, in the morning, want to get some ice, and like there's fucking like Dr Pepper sprayed all over the inside. When that shit blows, it really explodes. Sodas do. Fuck yes. It's good shit. See that's what it was. It's because she goes back up and sees the 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 clothes sitting by those candles. Uh-huh. So I guess like I assume because they're still by the candles, she's just been sitting by those candles doing that weird waking thing all night. Apparently, while they were filming that scene where she was doing the 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 the, the seance, that she kept repeating that. Apparently, like she got real worked up. Apparently, like they found that in a real like. Uh, because they wanted, you know, they didn't want to fake it. They fucking, they found a real prayer or whatever in the Wiccan book, and she was repeating it. And like, yeah, and it probably just, uh, you know, fucking uh, the stress, stressfulness of the scene. But it like really, really fucked with her. Apparently, fucking made her like, uh, like uh, wore out and shit. They had to stop filming. Very Chad. Yeah, like I like I wonder like how much the guy being a documentary documentary filmmaker, how much he like went for like long takes and tried to get it all at once. You know what I mean? Because it kind of does have that feeling. Like even though there are is like different uh, camera angles and different edits and shit, like it does have that feeling where it's like it's very like linear. Like like they shot the movie in order. You know what I mean? I can officially stop stalling. I have successfully dried up my keyboard now. Okay. We're back in business. <laughs> We're back in business. <laughs> exactly. 
Well, I was stalling for a second, too, because my phone that I'm watching the movie on, uh, it, it gave me the warning that it was down to 20%, and then it, like, froze up, and HBO Max didn't want to start getting going again. So then I was like, I finally got it playing again, but then I was trying to get my other phone to play it, and yes, uh, cut technology, uh, HBO Max does not work on older Android phones. So uh, technology. Yeah, I'm just going to watch it on this iPhone until the battery wears out, and then I'll just take your word for what's going on in the movie. <laughs> Exactly. See, this is kind of this little like section here where Erica disappears, and then like yeah, up until like about the time when they find out that they had to reverse the tape is kind of like the lull, I would say. Yeah. Like where where it kind of the story is kind of it's uh, taking a, a pause, and they're like basically just kind of messing with uh, kind of like the visuals and stuff like, oh, how much weird shit can they see that isn't explained until the ending and stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's kind of like the weak part of the movie I was talking about earlier. mm -hmm. Like, it's not bad, but it's it's not as cool as the other shit in the movie, you know? Or maybe we're just uh, the ultimate unchads, and it is bad, and like, because everybody else seems to hate this movie. Maybe we're, maybe there's something defective with us. See, it's it's hard for me though, because this happens sometimes. There's a lot of times movies people love, I don't really like like that much. So it's it, it's like one of those things where it's like comparative taste, where it's like if you loved the first Blair, which oh my god, they're oh what's going, oh they're lost. Like if you love that kind of shit. I don't think you would really like this movie, like under any circumstance, because this movie is like, this is like some five head shit almost, to be honest, because <laughs> it's like the fans of the first movie are acting it out, kind of, and then like they're in like the reality of like, what's the local Blair Witch legend, and like, you know, how much of it is just their own craziness and psychosis, like it, uh, yeah, it's completely different. I wonder how much of the hate is just because it's not a continuation of the first movie and it's not the same and it's kind of like, oh, it's a movie that takes place where the first movie was a movie. And like, that's kind of like, yeah, that's that's pretty ballsy for the time. Because like, oddly enough, I remember like, you know, 10 years later or whatever, whenever like, uh, when Pet, or uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, Human Centipede 2 came out. They were like, oh yeah. my god, that's so original. Making it to where the first movie was a movie and this is taking place. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so many franchises have done that since then. But but at the time, people could get... Like, you know what? You know what? Like, they probably should have done in order to rake the money uh, in Zach is they should have made Blair Witch 2 like exactly like the first one. Just have it be a new group of people that are like, oh, I want to find out what happened to Josh and Sarah or whatever the fuck. And like, they go out, the exact same shit happens and then this one would make more sense as like a part three kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, like uh, we've learned that that's basically the best way to do it. If you're trying to milk a franchise like yeah. fucking Paranormal Activity, you make Paranormal Activity 2 where it's just the same movie. Oh, it's really? the expansion pack. It's the DLC, <laughs> the DLC. basically. <laughs> fucking like don't do something like what I wish did. And you know what? I thought of this too. The reason this probably hasn't came out on Blu-ray yet mm. is probably because they they probably been trying to get like that newer uh, Blair Witch off the ground for a long time. The one directed yeah. by Adam Wingert. Yeah, and they're probably like, oh, let's not fucking retaint uh, everybody's expectations by putting that Sega one out that really put the fucking nail in the coffin back then. So like, yeah, if we do put that out on Blu-ray, we'll put it out like you know after we put out the Winger movie. I've never seen that one. Did you see it? 
I did. It's very forgettable. See, see that that's what every everybody was so stoked when they're like, "Oh, we made it in secret. We called it this other movie, but it's actually Blair Witch." And it was like um that thing where they're like, "We want you to know that that this movie is a direct follow-up to part 1. It doesn't in part 2 it, it never happened or we don't reference it." I'm kind of like, "Well, why?" Like <laughs> like like if if you're doing part 3 20 years later, like it it, it like there'd be no reason why I would reference part two at all. Like I don't, you know, no matter what. Like like I hate when cut yeah. people, cut filmmakers do that. Like we're forgetting the stuff you don't like, but we're going to very directly recreate all the shit you did like. It's like to me, it's like fuck you. Like that's the laziest, most cash and shit. I mean, I'm not saying Blair Witch Three is bad because I haven't seen it, but it's like yeah, yeah. I, I always like that shot too, where she's like, eating the chicken for no reason. She's just eating. Like yeah, she's probably the same fucking uh, owl that she had the staring contest yeah. with. He 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 wanted revenge basically. He fucking he kamikaze through that window. He didn't realize it would probably it slit his throat by accident as he was coming through. So he just died. And then yeah. she's like, oh, I have my revenge, bitch. She just ate its corpse. Fucking savage over here. You know what'd been awesome though, because he had like zero food in that place at all. He just had that little bucket of chicken, which at the most was just like one of those. Those uh, it wasn't even a bucket. It was just a little box that they put like two pieces in to feed like eight people in this fucking house. It'd be awesome if if, if like he he like shakes his eyes like no, she's not really eating an owl, and he opens back up and she really is eating an owl just because there's no oh, fucking food in the house. Very Chad, exactly. I'm hungry. I'll eat your fucking. Owl. Now this is like kind of like the last scene of like bullshit fake hallucinations, but it actually like is cool because like I like the stunt of the bridge collapsing with the guy on it. Exactly, and then like yeah, like basically, uh, fuck. I, I had a, a a good thing I was gonna bring up, and it fucking it's out of my mind now. It was, I was thinking about it before I I did the whole tirade about the owl, mm-hmm. but then like yeah, I completely forgot. And then you got struck by Cumbrian. I did. <laughs> yeah. Look, she comes out, she sees him, just walks away. Yeah. Very, very low T. He doesn't think anything about that. Like, they should have told him right there. Well, that should have been the reason why he gets so pissed at her later. He should have been like, "You're the witch," because you left me hanging there to die. But he never like references it like at all. Exactly. And it, like he 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 runs in there right now, and yeah, does he even mention it? No, he's he, he just like she's just acting all weird and witchy. So I guess he forgot about it. Fucking low T beta. Yeah, letting his wife cuck him like that on the bridge. And that's what I was thinking too. Like the the part that happens in a little bit when she goes up on the uh, the top of the the warehouse or whatever. Like I like I mean we'll get to, we'll talk about it I guess when we get to it but but that scene reminds me very much of another movie we recently covered. Oh yes, oh yeah. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you probably do because I'm I, I obnoxiously bring it up every episode we've done since then. Oh yeah. The, also, the ending scene where like. Uh, they they see the footage and it's like oh that's not what happened like uh, uh usually the the you know the audience is supposed to be like scratching their head like what the fuck like yeah. what and like a fucking witch she's uh, like fucking with their minds and shit i always like there's a really good comedy in that like those scenes like fucking i'll talk about it but this this movie actually has one of my like favorite like most awkward scenes ever <laughs> ever filmed yeah. in a movie 
I'll bring it up whenever we get there. But it's like, I don't know. Like every time I watch it, I'm just scratching my head. Like how, how did that whole take make it into the movie? <laughs> it's a good touch too on his monitors. It has property of like, uh, yeah. whatever university like he just stole all this shit like he did all the dvd players and stuff he sells speaking of the uh the the college thing i love the line that comes up later when the sheriff's like like uh like tells him he's like i might not be a documentarian filmmaker but i took your footage over to the college and they show, i'm like what like you couldn't put it in the vcr <laughs> <laughs> You gotta be a documentary filmmaker to put it in the VCR. (laughs) He's gonna have them edit it all together and make like a narrative so he can just just watch it. He doesn't have to do all the fucking work. Basically, he wants them to make it like, like, you know, the cops did for the the original movie, fucking the Blair Witch Project that we saw in theaters. I think this movie would make a great uh, double feature with the Poughkeepsie tapes. Dog. Or or Oculus because it's basically Oculus, the same yeah. plot. But I think with Poughkeepsie tapes, you could you like you know if you're charging money at a theater, you could bill it as like come see the two most misunderstood horror movies of the last fifty years. Exactly. Yeah, with the Poughkeepsie days, it's crazy how long it took that to come out. And like when it did come out, I remember saying like, "Wait, that just came out." I know. Like I thought that had to have come out and it's just now coming out. Well, it's funny it was every that that was almost like a Blair Witch type situation with Poughkeepsie tapes cuz everybody was like, "Oh, like you know, it was so brutal they couldn't release it." And really all it was was the studio went bankrupt and they just didn't want to waste the money putting out a movie, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was going to tell you that, like it happened a minute ago, but like the the flat, you know, the the police station stuff with Steven where they're like, we know all about you, Steven. We got this file on you. And like they like throw it down and it's got like all this paperwork, but it's got like photos of him at like his high school graduation and like one of his birthday parties when he was a little kid. Like, how would the cops get those photos? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and it's weird because it shows like uh basically uh, i think the movie's just implying that like when he saw it here at his house he was just seeing into the future or whatever because yeah. like that's the file that the cops ended up having but they like they found it in his drawer They're like why the fuck are you are you are you watching us i always like his reaction to when they throw it on his it's just like what the hell is this and he's like i don't know where'd you get it yeah I don't know where'd you get it. It's so funny to me. Like some of the, like I don't know some of the, uh, like the exchanges and the delivery just gets stuck in my mind. And every time I'm watching the movie, I I, I just quote it like he said. See, look, the fucking earlier the fucking the bridge went down, and then he's like, I'm I'm right outside. The the cop said, yeah. and then they looked at the thing, and the bridge was there, and and then he goes there, and the bridge is down again. And now his uh his security system isn't just dogs barking on the speaker; it's real dogs out there barking. Yeah, see, like this is the kind of like I don't know. This is like PG thirteen time wasting horseshit. Like, if anything, you you could kind of trim some of this shit out of the movie because like you need the scenes where they're not trusting each other. That's really germane to the plot. Um, you know, to to build the mistrust of what's going to happen here in a little bit. But mm-hmm. like, you don't need all those hokey fakes, weird fucking scares and you know what i mean about they just found erica (laughs) i I find i find this interesting too because it's like the corpse like it's a corpse that's standing up first of all 
Yeah, how's that they get her standing up there? And then you then you can like uh uh twist it around, it'll still stand up and look at you. But exactly. when the cops watch the version later <laughs> <laughs> or they see him hiding the body. Yeah. He's naked. He takes it. That's what, I love that too. He's watching, he's like It's just like if you were doing a commentary for this movie, would that be like the scene you would be trying to hold out to? Oh yes, just I didn't kill guy. Steven. Yeah. So, so who's your favorite character in this movie? I don't know. Probably, maybe him. Yeah, maybe the the, the fucking crazy guy that had the gummies coming out of his mouth. Really, and they put the, yeah. the hose up his mouth, up his nose for no reason. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a toss up for me because I really like him, but I really like the Kim character. Like even the I remember when this movie came out, I remember being like, "Oh, she was like interesting," because like she's like the total like painted white face goth, but like her character actually has some depth to it. She's not just like a caricature. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this is what we're gearing up to like the the final showdown. Like yeah. yeah. So do you, like how do you take the do you do you think like uh the witch possessed her the whole time or was the is this, like did the witch not possess her and this is just kind of like another way that she's manipulating the way they're seeing the situation to get her to, to get them to kill her? Yeah, I think the witch fucked with all their perceptions of reality pretty much because with her character like I don't think the witch could have been possessing her the whole time just because like, A, like, when they replayed the thing, they showed that they all destroyed, like, all the equipment themselves. Like, it was never, like, one true saboteur. And, mm-hmm. like, with uh, the Tristan character, it's like, yeah, I don't think the witch was, like, possessing her all the time. Because, like, there's sometimes where, like, she's awake as herself. And she, like, she's, like, saying, like, oh, like, you know, when she was, like, spinning around the bed and yelling out the names of the kids. Like, she was, like, pretty much making it, like... Just like kind of how Kim was having shit pop into her head, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I mean, if they were any of them were possessed, they were all equally possessed. So like, no, like because they show later on the tape that like, <clears throat> you know, Stephen here because he's going to stand up for men's rights here in a second. <laughs> I mean, they clearly show that you know the shit that she was saying as the witch, she wasn't really saying. She was actually really scared and crying, and he was just being an asshole. So, yeah, like, I think that videotape that they watched at the police station proves that she wasn't really possessed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or was, or was like, the way they saw it the real way and the, the fucking the footage is just manipulated, like, by fucking uh, witchcraft or whatever. Electromagnetic fields, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. See, so, yeah, like, I think what's on the tape is what really happens because in order for, for it to be uh, Christopher Nolan's Inception, yeah, this is where they make it rain with the, all the paper, the term papers. To make it, mm-hmm. you know, be Christopher Nolan's Inception, that's like a witch inside of a witch. Because for that to happen, Tristan would have to really be... Oh, I never noticed that uh, Erica was covering up a vagina with the skull. That's actually kind of cool. But um, for that to be going on, Stacey. that would... Yeah, very Stacy. That that would have to be like she's possessed by the witch and then the witch is like doing double power to reach into the VHS camera and change the footage. Like, I don't think that's really likely. And none of it's really, uh, see, look, are they, are they, are they doing a sex there? Yeah, they were. Uh, Steven was having sex with Erica. 
I'm surprised at the other ones, which that kind of leads me to believe. I'm like, I don't think those two would be the only ones who would bone if everybody was being hedonistic here. You know what I mean? Like, uh, maybe, uh, hate to go this dark, but you know, this is the movie Graveyard. Maybe, uh, Tristan got that baby, uh, banged out of her. Oh, man. And then they yeah, they, then they, they did the, the ritualistic killing of the baby. Yeah. The, the witch eats, uh, the witch kills children, the guy yeah. says. Here they are killing the owl, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They they clearly bear the mark of thorn. Yeah. Now, look. She's filming herself hiding the footage on a tape that was hidden in there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fucking, that's some eight-head shit. Talk about queen, true queens of the Stone Age. Exactly. And then this weird smile she gives. Yeah. Yeah, but I thought pretty much everybody of the main cast was really good actors in this movie. I'm surprised they wasn't, you know. If they would have made this movie with Merrimax, they would have gave them all, like, eight-picture deals. But fucking artisan, they just let everybody twist in the wind. Yeah. See, I remember when this came out, I remember everybody was just like, oh, yeah, it didn't live up to the first one. and uh, Not good. Like, just, like, two-star reviews and stuff like that. And I was just like, yeah, I, I don't know. I uh, I guess I see something different in this movie. And like uh, recently, I went through, and now it's mostly people saying like, this movie's underrated. Fucking uh, like, it, it, don't expect uh, just a you know a part two or just a continuation of the first one, and you'll enjoy it. But it's just like to me, from from my own personal taste, is like. Not to say simple movies can't be great, you know, like something like Clerks or whatever, but like to me, like this this movie just has so much more shit going on. Like aside from the hokey horror shit that I kind of roll my eyes at in it, like it's got good acting. It's got that whole layer of like what's real and what's not real that gets you thinking. And then it's like also what I like is it's giving you more the mythology of the area of Burkittsville, like with the child killer and all that kind of shit. And like, mm-hmm. you know, so like to me, there's just kind of like more to chew on in this movie. I mean, the other one is just like they're they're obviously getting their perception reality fucked up in the first film because they just keep walking in circles in the woods. They can't escape. And it's like the thing of like, are they just lost or is the woods truly like endless? You know what I mean? Oh, oh here's the most awkward thing. Watch this whole thing. Let's let this whole thing play out because she, she flips them off. Mm hmm. She then gives a face like, oh, shit, I just fucked up. Like, oh. And now she's just like, Psh. I don't even care. Bro. She looks and acts like Jennifer Aniston in this movie. Now yeah. watch, now watch. <laughs> that's the whole, that's the whole transaction. Just like, fucking throw them off of me. Okay, uh, here's the director. You know, I directed, uh, you know, uh, the fucking, uh, the Robin Hood killing. What was he called? Uh, Paradise Lost. So, I mean, he did, did, did he direct it as much as he just filmed dead naked kids. <laughs> He filmed it, yeah. It was a documentary, but he's like, you got to take my... I want you to play this scene. I want you to at first throw them off and then flip them off like, F you, bro. And then do it like almost in a way to where like the, the camera doesn't even have time to focus on your finger. It's out of focus. Yeah. And then and then, uh, and then go, <gasps> like uh, you just thought of something or like, like you're a kid and your mom just looked at you and like you, you didn't want her to see you do that. Oh, yeah. And then just kind of like, like you don't even care that your mom saw you 
and then give the line, you're all going to fucking die tonight. It's so weird. It, 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 you know, I know exactly, because I noticed that too watching it the other night. I'm like, this is like a weird, like, like what was the feeling here? Because it's like, it, it's like three different personalities. Like, I took it to be like more like some multiple personality shit. But it like, if, you, if you're trying to like make this thing play to the people in the back row and be as easily digestible as possible, it is a very fucking bizarre performance choice you know what i mean <laughs> but I, I love this scene too because of, she's the witch man yeah <laughs> and then like the, the funny part though is when they watch the tape the way it's the way it plays out is so it's it's like sinister to like like just epic proportions where it's like she's the witch man and she's like no i'm not a witch and, he, and the husband's like yeah you are and she's like, yeah. and the, then he pushes yeah, her down the, she, well she starts to kind of like cuck him there too she starts talking down to him like like you're so fucking stupid and you're a moron and shit and then he decides to fight back and strike for men's rights like i thought you were going to talk about the awkward part was when he pushed her off because like that like that was like the weirdest part to me it's like he kind of pushes her but it's almost more like she jumps and he's just kind of putting his fingertips out like it's very weird that's what I was thinking. He he knew his buddy was filming it, so he's like, "Oh, how am I gonna make this look like an accident?" So he he really hated his wife there because she's being uh, mean to him. Yeah. And he wanted to kill her, but like at the same time, I'm being filmed. So he so he decided to go no as he pushed her off, <laughs> like <Yeah>. no. <laughs> but yeah, like my my favorite part of the movie is like coming up where they're watching the tape, and she goes, he goes, that, "That's the witch, man," and she goes, "No, I'm not a witch." He goes, "Yeah, you are." Yeah, like yeah, you are. I know you are, but what am I? But then, like at the end, he pushes her off. He's like, "You're a witch. You're a witch." No, I'm not. She, he pushes her off, and then he, he looks at the camera and goes, "Fucking witch!" <laughs> I know. It's like he's calling her a bitch or a whore, but he's just like, "Fucking witch." Now, so it is bizarre. I guess you could criticize that part. I love this part though the news the news footage of them getting taken out and all this and like these shots of the cop cars. But we got to talk about it a little bit like they show the massacre like this is the part where you where you like you kind of know already but you definitively find out that they murdered the other group of tourists, right? Mm-hmm. Now I got to say like it never really kind of dawned on me till this viewing but like considering that this guy made the paradise lost things about the little kids that got killed and like uh, I don't know if all of them did or just one, but one of the kids was or at least was castrated. And like you see the body like that in the documentary. And like, do you think it's odd that he worked in that when they killed the tourist, uh, the tourist, the tourist, not terrorist, tourist, but uh, <laughs> like they castrate one of them. Like, it, like that felt me, that made me feel like a little bit grimy. Like this guy made his career off these child murders. And then he's like, kind of in a weird way like even like you said the cinematography from the beginning and then also in that scene like it kind of does have that look like paradise lost head like it's kind of weird that he's like recreating those like a similar style of murders but of children but now for profit you know what i mean i didn't even notice that i didn't notice that one of them castrated in the movie did they mention that they don't mention it but it's like early on you know when they're showing the quick flashes like they sh- mm. like you can clearly tell it's like a guy's lap and it's bloody and then right there i think it was maybe kim uh uh can't remember which one but they hit a machete and they tie the guy to the tree and um and they like they like she raises up and then like she's you like 
I mean, you don't see a dick come off, but like you see her slice below the waist and then blood run oh, down his thighs. Yeah. That might be why, because I think all that killing stuff was shot with a different unit director. Yeah. That was stuff that was added in against what he wanted. Yeah. But you know what's funny, though, was was he said like, oh, he hated all that shit. He didn't want to do it. But it wasn't one of those things where they went and shot it, you know, without him because he said they shot all that stuff in his backyard. So. Oh, OK. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that just kind of struck me as a little weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to complain because I actually love this movie and I wish they would put it on Blu-ray because I would buy it. But um, like to me, this is like the real like horror part of the movie is like now they're in the police station and like they've seen the tapes and then like they, you know, they're they're realizing that like what they saw in their mind is not what either not what happened in reality or not what the tapes captured. And to me, like this part of the movie should have been longer. Like you might have trimmed out some of all the little kind of hokey horror bits towards the middle and you kind of could have gotten more into this because like. And, and, like, I understand, like, he was saying, like, the interrogation scenes were supposed to be, like, one long scene, but, like, this part of the movie should have been longer where, like, they're in jail for a couple of days and, like, they're each kind of, it's kind of, like, as a montage, like, they're cutting back and forth just to make it shorter. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would like to see each individual scene play out of the people realizing and, like, having different reactions, you know what I mean? That's what they should have done. They should have made some of those reshoots, like shooting it, like more interrogation stuff yeah. for this ending. And like, yeah. And again, this is very Paradise Lost, like these scenes where it's like the shaky hand. It's not shaky, like they're shaking around, but it's like the kind of awkward handheld of them trying mm-hmm. to fight through the crowd of reporters wanting to know what happened. Like that's very similar to all the scenes in Paradise Lost. Did you think this was weird too, Zach? Did you notice when they go into the like the the police station, it's also like a weird brick building with a weird bridge that's like exactly like the factory they were in? I didn't. Yeah, that that kind of like struck me as odd the other night. See, I, I never got like uh, people talking about like, oh yeah, this movie has bad acting. Like I think there's good acting in this movie. Like like this the scenes right here where they're like, yeah, like, look at the damn tapes. Like, how do you do that? Not yeah. seem cheesy, but it, like he's making it work. I always thought. Well, I was kind of surprised he did it the way he did. I thought he would have done that thing where like the interrogations were like taken from like a security cam. Like, you know, you know how like you watch like 48 hours or like news programs and they show like their murderers, like the like the real cop interrogations are always just like a camera up on the ceiling, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah. Kim, the goth girl, is a real Stacy. Once they uh, they forced, they visibly forced her to remove her goth makeup. Hell yeah, that's not how it happened. Yeah, so basically, yeah, like what gets revealed here, besides obviously they killed the the Japanese tourists and the German tourists, is uh basically at the the grocery store, Kim killed the uh, cashier, Jeff, Peggy, with the fucking uh, nail, the nail file. file. Yeah. Jeff, I'm assuming he was the one who who killed uh, Erica, probably when they're having sex because they're both naked, and he puts her body in the closet. And then obviously the the thing that we did saw, we see that Stephen pushed uh, Tristan off the thing to hang her. And like in that video, she wasn't the witch at all. She was actually, it was kind of like they were lynching her. Like they're like, oh, you're the witch, you're the witch. And she's like, no, I'm not, I'm not. Don't do this, please don't do this. And he like throws her off. Yeah, just like the the real life witch trials. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I get it to some extent though. I mean, he was standing up for his rights as a man. So 
Oh yeah, fucking. He he was very based in Red Pill. He was hanging out watching fucking uh our boy from that uh what was that one movie? <laughs> fucking New Year's watching. Evil. The New Year's other... Evil. He yeah, found New his Year's... YouTube channel. He, he found his YouTube channel and was watching that. I think Marilyn Manson ran into that movie as a kid too, because that's what got him researching Flat Earth as well. Mm-hmm. So this movie had <laughs> double effect. I, I don't know why. I like that shot of like they show the TV and like it kind of slowly zooms in, but for the longest time, like they're watching the TV and there's just a coffee pot sitting next to the TV. <laughs> I don't know why I like that. I love that. <laughs> makes that shit seem real that that feels more real than anything in the first film a coffee pot hey, look how do you play this this is yeah. fucking the, that tape is wrong somebody yeah. fuck with that tape yeah and, and yes. like, that's another thing too is I think they should have flip flopped it cause the movie ends on Steven saying that tape is wrong right like isn't he the last one we see where like mm-hmm. the movie, sh- like I just felt like thematically it, sh- it should have uh, ended on Jeff because he he like the way they phrased the movie or whatever it seemed like he was more like a main character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I guess uh, since uh, hanging her was like you know the the most recent thing we saw. Yeah, probably end with that one. Yeah, because like the the whole movie another thing that's where it's kind of like heavy handed or like why they shot that intro where he gets the horse come pumped down his throat. It's not really needed because, like, you know, like, the way the paranoia kind of goes around is, like, all you need to know that he was in a mental hospital because Kim, like, knew that about him. And she's like, oh, you're crazy, whatever. But, like, they all go through the exact, even though he was, like, the only one in the the horse come hospital, like, they all went through the exact same, um, like, psychosis. You know what I mean? So, like, it really Mm -hmm. didn't matter at all. Like, other than, like, they're, like, kind of suspicious of him at first. Like, it's a reason for them to be suspicious. But, like, they all were just as crazy as he was, so. It it makes you, like, realize how weird a big studio is. Like, that that was a line, or two lines in a movie that they really latched onto. And, like, when we we do reshoots, let's let's kind of make that the focus. And, like, make it look very music video-like. And yeah. <laughs> like really. oh, make it weird. A guy's smoking a cigarette as he uh, puts a tube down your nose. And, like, you can just tell he's just, like, acting like he's running the tube down his nose. Yeah, it's not really moving. <laughs> it's like that magic trick shit of, like, you're actually shoving it into, like, the palm of your hand it's and like, it's going up your coat sleeve. It's like you, you guys realize you could have cut away and showed, like, an effect or something, right? Well, you know what's funny too is just just how expensive it is to make a movie. It probably costs like for that day of shooting to do that scene and to show him laying on the gurney after with the shit running out of his mouth. That was probably like three hundred grand just to do that stupid fucking scene. <laughs> Again, we're back to Paradise Lost though. Like 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 yeah. with the uh, the swirling aerial footage of the woods. Like they kind of show like more tourists going up in the woods, and like I thought that was like a good way to kind of have some like subtle sequel bait to be like, yeah, all this shit happened the first time, it happened now the second time, and there's still dumbasses going in those woods, you know. They just like with Owen three. I'm more interested in the sequel uh, trilogy we would have gotten if this movie was big. Yeah, rather than like eight years later, we get the movie part three was. But you know, like, like. I don't really remember, like, people... Like, I, kn- I remember people hating this movie. Uh, but I don't really remember, like, the exact criticisms of it. But it's just, like... I remember people being like, oh, it wasn't like the first one. And I'm like... 
Are you that, like, literal that you need it to be, like, another shaky handheld video camera type movie? Like, can you not take in, like, a regular, you know, theatrical mm-hmm. viewing type film? I can see people being like, oh, but the the original was so unique. And then, yeah. like, uh, the, the, the sequel was just like any other movie. I wanted more of the unique and like, yeah, maybe if they could have found another way to kind of break the mold and, yeah. and uh, be like and not do the same thing again, but kind of challenge the way we think of movies again, mm-hmm. but just with the sequel like yeah, that could have been, uh, you know, probably uh, more memorable. But like, I, I think the movie's uh, pretty fun. Yeah, like they definitely could have done more if they just would have had showed more of the um, the the video camera parts. Like if they wanted to, they could have like had the movie be like three force video cam footage with just like a couple little like you know shots but i'm glad they didn't do that because like i said like this is kind of like especially of that time period where movies kind of started getting a little generic even the ones that are shot in film like a lot of the studio movies were very generic i think this movie was like perfect in its visual look because it like it had that thing where like you saw like the browns of the leaves and like you felt like where you know you were actually in the like environment that you're in and everything but it didn't mm-hmm. have like that corny horror movie look you know what i mean like it still seemed kind of like the real world it was creepy mm-hmm. but it was like real world creepy not like fake soundstage creepy you know what i mean mhm and that 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 reminds me too like the idea of like if the second one would have came out and like done something just as different as the first one broke the mold in a different way like uh i was listening to another podcast and they were mentioning like uh, you know how like uh like bull rat and this this new movie bad trip mm-hmm. like uh basically making a movie where like uh, there's a plot going on but then like you're getting real people's reactions Right. They, they mentioned like imagine if like tom green would have foresaw that trend coming and did yeah. that with freddie got fingers like if it was the same movie but like instead of actors reacting to the weird shit he's, he's doing with like the baby swinging the baby around they got like real people involved and like he was like that movie would probably still be remembered like if if he would have like been on the cutting edge of that or something yeah Speaking of which, have you ever heard about Tom Green's lost movie? Like, he claimed it was coming out for years. He made an independent movie that was about his fans, like, videotaping themselves, like, doing stuff, going on a road trip to find Tom Green. Because, like, they're big Tom Green fans and they want to find out what happened to him. And they find him and, like, he's all wacky and shit. But, like, like, I don't know for sure, but kind of what they hinted around the plot synopsis, it was called Prankstar. It was that, like, once they find him and meet him and they're videotaping him, he turns out to, like, actually be a crazy guy and, like, actually maybe a murderer or something. That movie would have been donk and, like... Genius. There was different times over the years he kept saying, like, oh, I think we found a distributor. Like, you can go look up online see comments from him. And supposedly, I think there was, like, a teaser trailer at one point, but it got taken down. i never seen that. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I wanted to see that movie so bad, but I think it's just something either... He didn't think turned out very good, or maybe because he couldn't get the distribution. You know, I guess he shelved it permanently at this point. But like, yeah, like it's funny when you mention that, like, because it kind of like not exactly like a Borat thing, but it, it almost is like that format of like you know mm-hmm. capturing shit like that. What if what if he did it like Blair Witch too? They fucking they find him. And then they're like he he rubs off on them and gives them the Tom Green fucking curse. And awesome. then they go back home and they start fucking like they start buying bowling trophies and fucking going to the guy's house and trying to get a picture with them. <laughs> and fucking up pizza deliveries and shit. 
they, they put in the Billy Bob teeth and start eating caramels and oh. shaking their leg around <laughs> and shit. That would be amazing. <laughs> Fucking draw naked chicks on their dad's yeah. car. Looking for celery generals <laughs> in the middle of the road. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So, piggies off of hills. So yeah, so like yeah, in general, like whenever we do franchise movies, like we kind of got fucked up in general, like when we started because we were only doing '80s movies. So there's some franchises we started out on like part two or whatever. But in general, going forward, once we drop that angle and start doing movies of any time period, like I really try to do the movies in the order they come out. But I'm like, I don't really think I could have done a like uh, a Blair Witch show because like this part two is like the only movie in the series that really interests me. So. Exactly. Just like, just like uh, with my dad, you you were watching, you'd be watching uh, Blair Witch Two. Like, when's the actual movie start? Yeah. Part two is the one the movie starts, right? Yeah. Part why, why are we watching this? Why are we watching this extended opening? Part Part One feels like the uh, HBO Max uh, spinoff series, and Part Two feels like the real movie you would go see in the theater. Exactly. So yeah, I want to thank you for picking this one because like the last couple ones I picked uh, for you to do, which you either hadn't seen or hadn't seen in a long time, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be so awesome, Zach. And then there's end up being movies you don't like, and you just out of nowhere a couple weeks ago, you're like, hey, what about this movie? And I'm I'm glad you did because yeah, like I I I really like this one, and uh, I doubt anybody else has done a podcast episode about it other than just to talk about how bad it sucked and flopped and whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, so that's it for. Uh, it's like what is it called? Book of Shadows, Blair Witch Two. Like it shouldn't be Blair Witch Two, Book of Shadows. They broke all the rules. They were like yeah. these rules. They mean nothing to us. Exactly. Just like Marilyn Manson broke all societal rules in the time. Exactly. <laughs> I still can't believe he didn't do a cameo as the Blair Witch back then. Exactly. That would right there, right? Like his career would have been like you think he was he was born to play the Blair Witch. Yeah, and then for the soundtrack, if he was actually in the movie, he could have done a song called "Horror Is Dead," and that would have been really blown people's minds. Mm-hmm. But like I remember in a weird way, Zach is like I feel like the soundtrack to this movie was like more promoted than the movie itself. It was weird. Yeah, I remember uh, like a lot of commercials for the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it was because whatever DVD have you ever bought where one side was the movie and the other side was the soundtrack? You know, <laughs> what if that's the thing? What if they thought the soundtrack was going to be way huger than it was, and they yeah. ended up they they had a whole warehouse full of them? So they're like, let's just make the let's take those uh, CDs that we we're going to just get rid of or you know destroy and just uh, make the other side the movie, and we'll just give it to them as the DVD. And we don't have to get rid of all those soundtracks. Very Chad. Very Chad Kroger. Hell yeah. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Maybe I brought this up on our show. But did I ever tell you I actually saw Nickelback in concert? No. It was it was when, uh, I, I'm assuming when they were first starting, I had never heard of them. And there was a radio station in Cincinnati. I can't remember if it was 97X or WBN. Well, one of them anyway. They had this series called like the Low Dose Shows. Whereas, like, whatever the the number of it was the station, like, 97X, it was, it was, like, the concert ticket or whatever, it was, like, 97, nine, or no, it was, like, $9.77, so, like, the number of the station was the amount of the ticket, and, like, they would get, like, actual bands that were signed to major labels, but they just weren't famous yet, 
And they always be like the whatever Lodo show. So I saw, uh, went to a couple of them actually. But yeah, my buddy was like, oh, you want to go to so-and-so? Like he never heard of them either. He's like, oh, it's a Lodo show. So we went to the Lodo show and turned out to be our boys in Nickelback. I don't remember anything other than it was just like a mediocre rock band. But um, I, there's no way I could have predicted that they would have become the laughing stock of uh, rock and roll. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of weird the, the the bands that people decide are like the worst. Because it's like I've heard, I know I've heard worse bands than Nickelback, but it's oh, just yeah. like they became the meme. Yeah. It's like I remember when they first came out, like that first like big music video they had. Mm. I remember people liked it. Yeah. Remember, I've been on, I've been on, whatever. It said. I've been on, well, you know another one that was exactly like that, like almost like the same type of thing was. Remember fucking how much people had boners over Creed, and then after like three years, everybody hated Creed. Like <laughs> I don't get how that happens. You know what I mean? Weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, like the guy wearing like the uh, the the leather pants and like the and Creed, and then he always had like those kind of like blue, silver plastic shirts and stuff. That was like like it's it's easy to forget about now, but there is like actually a whole era of rock that was like you know, I guess early night, not no not early early two thousands rock that like is completely washed away and like nobody's nostalgic about it at all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the irony, though, is as much as Nickelback's made fun of, like, I see actual commercials using their songs and making fun of them. I bet if, like, they tour around or release an album, they probably actually still make more money than, like, just a regular band starting out now. You know what I mean? Probably, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, anything else you wanted to say about how Chad Book of Shadows is? Walking, yeah, baby. Like, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. There's a, like, you know, that part uh, towards like uh, the transition into the third act where it's just like, you know, not a lot of things are happening, but it's still like, it, it, it's not like, oh, this is bad now. Like, the it, it's basically just like it lets you like take a breather and yeah. then they just kind of throw a lot of weird shit at you. And it, it's not needed overall, but like, you know, it's not fucking overly terrible either. Speaking of which, I just thought of something. Um, did I miss something? What is the Book of Shadows in the movie? The Book of Shadows, yeah. If Was there one? I can't remember now. I don't know. Eh, I don't think so. Because it seems like anything to do with the witch or the woods or anything, like they always kind of have like these various, like, uh, what do you call it, like research materials that they reference. I don't remember like a whole giant book coming out, but... Maybe they were implying the book that the the two uh, the couple were writing. That oh, that could could have been Book of Shadows. You're right. That would actually uh, have been interesting. They but, actually they they had a title though. It said Blair Witch History or Hysteria. So it's, yeah. it'd be weird to call it Book of Shadows though. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that was the title book. Anyway, that's just food for thought. So like, yeah, I mean. What if that's the reason everybody hated it? Fucking false advertising. I wanted to see a book of shadows. Like you open it up and all these shadows fall out onto you. Yeah. Now I get it. Fuck this movie. Yeah, like people can say it's a terrible movie, but like remember that period, Zach, about 10 years ago where like literally the only horror movies that were getting released in theaters was these like shitty PG-13 Exorcist movies. Remember those? Yeah, yeah. Like, they just stopped. The nonstop, they kept going and going and going, and it's like, um, it like uh, Eli Roth produced Last Exorcism, and they're like, oh, it made money. Last Exorcism too, and there was like all these other generic ones that came out after that, and it's like 
I don't care who you are. Compare those movies to Book of Shadows and Book of Shadows Blair Witch 2 is obviously way better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's it, uh, everybody. I want to thank you for listening, Zach. I want to thank you, obviously, for doing the show. Uh, oh, yes. Tell everybody what's going on on Revival House Network real quick. Revival House Network, we just, we're almost done doing our uh, two-month-long uh, request uh, block. And the, the last one we got to do, we got, we're, I, we're thinking we're going to do a Cinema Anima episode where we do uh, uh, Clyde Barker's Nightbreed. And we're thinking like, oh, we should do an episode where we talk about the theatrical cut and the director's cut. Because I've never seen the director's cut. That was a movie. Like, I never, yeah, I never saw it growing up. I always heard everybody really liked it. And the first time I watched it was the director's cut. And I was like, you know what? I, I don't think it's one of Clyde Barker's best. Uh, but like, uh, yeah, I want to see, because the, the theatrical cut's the one everybody fell in love with. So I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to watching that one. And yeah. Then, I, I love the, the only other one. Oh yeah, I, I remember thinking like it starts out great, like the uh, the opening scene with the the killer killing the old couple and that weird mask he's got is like this is a I was like this is right up my alley, and then and then it just like fucking all of a sudden there's a there's a guy with a a, a moon head, mm-hmm. and he's tonight. hanging out, yeah. yeah, and I'm just like this is this isn't what I was expecting now, fucking, yeah. but yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it again. And then the only other request we got is the one you gave us, the Nacho. Oh yeah. <laughs> Are you guys really gonna do that? You're gonna do it. We're gonna. What's it called again? It's got two giants. It's like autopsy or something. It's like yeah, aftermath genesis. Aftermath op- yeah, yeah, something like that. We gotta do that. It's only thirty minutes long. It's a short film about a guy who likes to have sex with corpses. Very Chad. Yeah, I still remember when I got that. And uh, I, I invited Phil D's over, and we drank beer and watched it. And, uh, yeah, we loved it. Good but times. It was. The first time I watched that was on Netflix. And I was like, how the fuck is this on Netflix? Yeah, when you told me it was on Netflix, I could not fucking believe it. <laughs> the DVD, it's better, though, to see it on DVD, because then you get to look at the DVD cover, right? Very Chad yeah. cover. Yeah, very Chad. Remember, is that an effect, or is that just a real-life body that they took a picture of? No, it's, it's, you can tell if you, like, look at it close up on the front of the DVD. It's like, a, you can tell, like, the severed foot or whatever it is. It's very rubbery looking. Oh, okay. It's pretty rubbery when you watch it in the movie, too. But, yeah, I remember when I saw I had the Nightbreed poster on my wall for about 20 years. And um, I got it at the video store. Where, like, when they were done with with posters, they would, like, give them away or whatever. I asked for that one. And, like, also, too, I can't remember if it... Actually, I think it was at the video store as well. They had little booklets of Nightbreed, and I took one home. I had already seen the movie in the theater, so, like, that's why I wanted the poster and stuff. But they they had these little promotional booklets that you would, like... They were just, like, little fold-out things, and, like, they would explain to you some of the concepts of the movie and shit, I guess, trying to get people interested in renting the movie or whatever. Pretty pretty interesting movie at the time. Uh, I can see why, you know, it was a hard sell, you know, but... Yeah. I think Clyde Barker hit it out of the park with his first movie. Yeah. And I think that, that made expectations too big, at least for me. Yeah, you can't really top when you have Julia in a movie. Exactly. Like, forget Freddy Krueger. Julia is one of the best of all time. Very Stacy. She is. So anyway, that's it, guys. Again, thank you for listening. And I guess we'll catch you again here soon. 
Uh, we'll have to listen back to this recording though, because like we might have said some actual different stuff. Did you think of that? Oh yeah. What if we go back and play it and then fucking like we kill each other or something while we're listening to it and fucking we hang each other or something? Very Chad. Or it turns out we did a commentary for Avengers Endgame and we didn't even know it. Exactly. Yeah. That would be awesome. Or since I watched it on uh, HBO Max, we might have just done a whole two-hour episode about Tom and Jerry the movie. Hell yeah. <laughs> Did she get the job at the hotel? You have to wait and find out. You will. Hell yes. It's like a premonition wrapped in a dream of a memory <laughs> of a photograph. <laughs> All right. This podcast isn't real. This podcast is not the way we recorded it. That that podcast isn't real. <laughs> that podcast is fake. Somebody fucked with that podcast. Who fucked with that podcast? Who did it? Was it you? Fuck me, Chad. All right, we'll see you again here soon in the movie graveyard. Dog. Yeah, baby. Sexy goth bad boy working out. Yeah.